Welcome to the Mike Hewitt Show. Ten years and growing. It's about family, business, work, and politics like you've never heard it before. Yep, it's true. There's more than just a touch of wry humor mixed in. And now your host, Mike Hewitt. Folks, I am Mike Hewitt. Co-hosts Miles Bauer and Ludwig von Wiedemdorski. Listen, we have got a full plate today, folks. But Miles Ludwig, I gotta have you two help me with something I'm wrestling with. Uh, McCarthy is tiptoeing around the idea of um, beginning an impeachment call against uh, Biden. So, Ludwig, let me start with you, Lud, only because you and I talked about this topic right before the show, and I'm not sure that we agreed. So, <laughs> and I know that Miles has got to surprise you that Lud and I didn't agree. But Lud, tell me your view. Should we be, should we be seeking an impeachment for his wrongdoings? I think the accusations that we're hearing towards Biden represent impeachable offenses because they are whatever the the level of high crimes and misdemeanors. However, some of these happen when he's a vice president, and I'm not sure how we can impeach a president now based on his vice president actions. But my last thing on this, we've tried to impeach darn near every president since Clinton, or at least discussed it. Right. When does this stop being used as the tool to correct our mistake in a sense? Our mistake meaning the voters? Yeah. Miles Bauer, what say you on the topic? So, to Lud, Lud's point, I think that when they impeached Trump twice for meaningless stuff, that was when impeachment became a political weapon. So though that, that uh, train has left, left the station. Personally, me, the Senate is never going to remove Biden, so... This is just a waste of time, or as I think I've texted you over the last couple of days, Mike, we're just witnessing political theater. It is. Here's the problem that I've got with it, both of you. First off, Miles, you and I agree on that point. But the other side of this is, to me, I can't help but look at this on a cultural level. So you went from... Andrew Johnson is the last president impeached. Next one was uh, Nixon. And folks, that was a long time. That was 100 years. And now all of a sudden, since Nixon, this is where you had me sitting at our meal today because I was wrong on one of them. You had Nixon, and then you had Clinton, and then you've got, they tried to get Reagan and, and fell short on the Iran-Contra, so that doesn't count but they wanted it. Then you got Trump, Trump, and now it gets to the point where you stand back and you go, wait a minute, this isn't a reflection on those folks as much as it is us, the voters, we the people. If, 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 and both sides are chanting it. So now the left is going, wait a minute, even if you were wrong, that's not high crimes and misdemeanors, which is what we said when they were chasing after Trump. It's just a partisan baton. And I got to tell you, our framers wanted it to be way more than that. Am I wrong yeah. there, Miles Bauer? No, no, uh, you're you're uh, spot on. And that, that was the reason I think e even on this show, 
we we were talking about the the impeachment of Trump is just a gross violation of what the framers' intent was. Well, right. So I I think that from the accusations are <clears throat> are impeachable offenses. By the way, to your question, let me stop you for a sec. When you said could he be impeached for what he did as a vice president. What he did as a vice president was illegal. The problem with it is is that it seriously compromises, if it's true, it seriously compromises his ability to make faithful judgments to the Constitution and the people in his negotiations and dealing with China and... um, Which I agree, but is that impeachable? That just means he shouldn't be voted back in, right? Well, no, I think I think it is high crimes. He's he's taken monies, if it's true. Mm-hmm. He's taken, and I'm folks understand. I keep saying if it's true, I don't know. I passionately believe in due process. One of the things you said off air, Ludwig, that I think is valid, is that when I look at all of the impeachments we've seen inside a single generation. This is probably the only one that rises to that level. Yeah. But unfortunately, it's coming at a point where you go, holy smokes, we got to be bigger and better than this. And that's where my point is, is that although this one probably is the most legitimate one we've we've seen in our lifetime, I, I'm not even know I'm not even sure if Nixon would would have been on, on that level. To be honest, from historically what I've read, but I didn't live through it like you guys did. But this one absolutely seems like it's legitimate. But we can't do it with any political bearing here. And I think the only way this could ever go forward is if McCarthy and McConnell actually go over and reach across the aisle and say to the Dems, hey, who's going to be common sense over here and look at this not through political but through the actual statute of what impeachment is, the purpose of it, and know that they tie together. If it does... Yeah. Yeah, but 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 Lud, I think the one thing that's muddying the waters here is the weaponization of the DOJ and the FBI. I agree with that. I do too. But but what we're seeing culturally, because that's folks and anyone that listens to the show knows that inevitably I drag almost every issue back to the folks, the people, and and our side. You, you get out on social media. So right now when I say our side, I'm referring to the social media warriors and grassroots on the right. And they, they want to string him up. It'll teach him a lesson. But that's vindictiveness. It's to pay back yes. Trump. We should not do that. We got to be better than that's that. That's not the point of it. And the other thing is, is that $100 bucks. think about that for a minute. They don't, they don't impeach for free. This is crazy. A crazy use of taxpayer dollars. Well, it's like we said to keep doing this. Who actually wins? And you know, well, I tell you who wins. The The lawyers. The media wins. The lawyers win. The lobbyists win. The consultants win. The folks that are actual taxpayers. Yeah, I said that out loud. You, you're the ones that pay for it, and we lose. And you go, wait a minute. How does this make any sense to anybody? And it always goes. It's like hiring when you got to fire somebody. Almost every time I've ever had to fire somebody, you do a little bit of self-analysis when you get to that point. Think, wow, this was a good person. We had high hopes for each other, meaning they wanted a lot from the company. I wanted a lot from them. Where was the mistake made? And the mistake was made almost in every single instance 
at the hiring point, not at the firing point. Uh -huh. Hire the wrong person for the wrong job. It wasn't a fit. They could be a great person, but it wasn't a fit. Biden, I can't say he was a great person, but he was certainly a bad hire. So then we got to start looking at that snapshot in time, that snapshot in time, and say, how in the world was that decision made? And the answer to it, Miles Bauer, this will shock you, the answer to it is what I'm going to say. At the bottom of every one of these exchanges, it's education. Folks, it's education. Because anybody with a, if you just set your partisanship aside on either side of the divide and employ some common sense, you'd have known at the time this was a dumb move. Is that right, Miles Bauer? Well, yeah. I mean, I think that everybody was hoping Biden was going to unify the country and he was going to be this elder statesman because they saw bad orange man as a, as a giant embarrassment. Right. Yeah. I, I've, by the way, even at the time, I saw that purely as raw partisanship and not, and not much more. It wouldn't yeah. have, it wouldn't have mattered who was there, whether it was bad orange man or Ronald Reagan to your point back then, because they were saying a lot of the same idiocy about Reagan some of the partisan part is crazy over the top. I'm a, Listen, I'm, folks, I'm a partisan, but I can be intellectually honest. You can be both. You can be both. That's my only point. Listen, we've got to go to a break. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Mike Hewitt here. Vice President Harris said about the Florida public school history curriculum, they want to replace history with lies. First, education is a lightning rod topic. 54% of the adults in America are reading at or below sixth grade levels, and Democrats in inner city America are more concerned with teachers' unions than educational results. That's an outrage. But to her point, she doesn't want the actual history of slavery to be taught because that history is the history of the Democratic Party. It's true that nearly every race in the world has been enslaved at some point, and there are more enslaved in today's world than at any point in history. But let's stick to her point. Democrats of the South enslaved, Democrats of the East Coast enslaved and traded in slavery. Democrats now refuse educational choices for people of inner city America. Folks, we have an educational crisis. The politics of Biden and Harris promote that crisis. Truth is the cure. Find the Mike Hewitt Show on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. You'll like it. All right, guys, help me out with that spot. When I listen to it, I'm asking the obvious question. Does, does Vice President Harris really want to talk about the history of slavery? Honest, does she really, truly, genuinely want to get into that topic? Or is she making a partisan slap at DeSantis or Florida in total? Miles, you're the old guy, almost as old as me. So tell me, what do you think? Do you think she really wants to do a deep dive on the history of slavery in the United States? You know, the, the, the thing that's funny about that curriculum is that it was written by descendants of two actual slaves. Right. And she only focused on like one sentence out of what there were something like 197 bullet points. Right. So, yeah, I mean, clearly this is just an agenda. So it, it is an agenda. And, and, to, and to your point, if you read the entire thing, 
it was not designed to be a leaflet of positive statement of the topic. That was right. not what they were doing. They were writing earnestly their understanding of what their relatives had lived through. I think that was an appropriate thing. It should be included. Um, I, I, listen, folks, we've got to get into real history. Stop with the ideological nonsense. That and, and I wouldn't care on that point. When we're talking about education, Miles will tell you that's one of my trick, trip wire topics. Um, yep. I wouldn't care if it was left or right. Ideology and partisanship has absolutely no business in our public school system unless you're taking a political science class. That uh, Her politics nor my politics, they just don't belong there. But the idea that she wants to have the history of slavery told without talking about the fact that the history of slavery is also the history of the Democratic Party. I mean, facts are important, and yes, they are stubborn things. So when I, when I, <laughs> when I read through her comments, I, and then I actually, folks, this is a sacrifice for the show, I actually listened to it. That's tough. What did you call it, cackling, Ludwig? Yeah, cackling hairs. I did the 60-second spot, folks, and I asked Ludwig, what should I title this? He he said cackling lies. Yeah, cackling lies. Cackling lies. Now that's kind of snarky of you. Oh yeah, but so is her pulling out one bullet point of uh, over a hundred that tells the truth. Yep. And it's a truthful statement that there were slaves as and as awful as slavery is. I'm not going to say was is because it still continues today around the world. Right. There were skills that were that allowed some of them people to thrive coming out of it on their own because they did have a skill set. That is a truthful statement. As awful as the action of slavery is, it is a truthful statement. And I actually applaud the historians putting that in there because when that is a non-political statement. When you say that there's still slavery, yeah. I got to stop you for a minute because when I was preparing that 60-second spot, so I'm off Googling this and duck, duck, going that meaning I wanted to either be told the truth, so I went to duckduckgo.com, or I wanted to see what the fringe left progressives were talking about, so I used Google. But the bottom line is that the estimate currently, currently is that there are 49.6 million people in the world right now living in slavery. And I say that, and the reason it's important is for obvious reasons. If the leader of the United States of America and his vice president wanted to take on the issue of slavery, rather than looking backwards on 180 years and trying to dissect what somebody somebody said, why don't we take this issue on? What about the folks living in it right now, the world over? And by the way, one of the things that I tried to do when writing that 60-second spot is I tried to find an ethnicity in the world think about this for a minute, that had not been enslaved at some point in their past. You're saying white people were enslaved? Absolutely. Huge numbers of Irish people, huge numbers of English people, huge numbers of Romans in total, and then Romans themselves enslaved others. Folks, I could not find an ethnicity that had not at some point had portions of its popula enslaved by others. It is an ugly human trait. Did you say Irish? I did. So I'm going to get a check. You... Not from me, but yeah, maybe. Yes, reparations. There you go, folks. It gets to the point where you go, wait a minute. This stuff is being used as divisionary. It's designed to divide. And the one thing that we should, everybody united on, both sides of the divide, is that we want to end this. 
We want to end it now. Yeah. Not 180 years from now. Not 180 years from now. We want to end it now. So if Vice President Harris had an ounce of common sense and dignity about her, she'd be out saying, what can we do to stop this problem right now? And my first answer would be, how about you do something about the southern border? Because that's a big factor when we're talking about slavery in our hemisphere. Miles Bauer, am I, am I off, the, uh, off the rails on this topic? No, and you know, the uh, thing that, that they don't talk about is think of the young women that are being raped coming into the southern border. Think of the, the people that are enslaved to the drug cartels because they owe them money because the cartels helped them across the border. Right. This, this is horrible. So when I get off into talking about my own heritage where my mother's family came over indentured servitude, and folks will say, Mike, I don't even know what that means. Well, go to the southern border. You'll learn all about it because that's what it means. That's what's happening. Folks, think about what I just said. That's what's happening, and that's not what she's talking about. So it goes to your point, Miles. She was looking for things, and they're, they're right in front of her. She couldn't find so much wrong with this that she literally picked one thing out of 100-plus bullet points. One. One. That's how it sounds like this thing was written so well. I mean, I haven't read it myself, so I can't debate whether it's great or not. But when I find that the vice president found one thing wrong with it, one, then it must have been pretty good. Because if not, you would have tore it apart, especially as a Jamaican descendant. Smokey Robinson, do you know who he is? Oh, yeah, I love him. Do you? Yeah. He's too old for you. No, he's not. That's good stuff now. Motown. I loved his music. You know why I'm bringing him up, don't you? No, I do not. All right. So, I, folks, you, this is a Ludwig topic. Uh, call me Black American, Floyd Merriweather, Mary, Mayweather's controversial take on being called African American, despite winning the, the uh, and I'm reading this from, I went and Googled it after you'd asked. Yeah. And by the way, he's been saying that. It's controversial right now. He's been saying that for seven years. I'm not African-American. I'm an American. I'm a black American, but I'm an American, period. Yep. And so I started looking. Who all said that? Uh, Smokey Robinson. Folks, a whole bunch of folks from across the political divide, left and right, that are black Americans, that said, stop hyphenating me. Morgan Freeman. I'm an American. Uh, uh, by the way, did you see the interview he did on that Oh, topic? yeah. What a powerful interview that was. How are we going to get beyond racism? Stop talking about it. Before we have to go to break anything, I think the key thing when I, I sent you this thing about uh, Money Mayweather. That's his nickname. What do you call him? Money Mayweather. Money Mayweather, because the guy's ultra, ultra oh, he's, rich. He's, he's 50 and 0. Um, <laughs> is that he said, when I go to the Olympics, they don't say in the red or blue corner is the African-American Floyd Mayweather. They said the American Floyd Mayweather. I thought that was so powerful, that statement. Yeah, he was in the Olympics is. analogy. When he was in the Olympics. Yeah. It's a big deal. It's because, listen, folks, folks are getting tired of being divided. That's really the bottom line of what this is about. It isn't about hyphenations. It's about division. And there's a lot of folks from across the divide that are saying, stop that right now. Folks, listen, we've got to go to a break. We'll be right back.
Folks, if you're just tuning in, my name is Mike Hewitt, co-hosts Miles Bauer and our Ludwig von Wiedemdorski. And listen, let me brag for a minute. We are broadcasting from our flagship station, beautiful Holland, Michigan, right on the shores of Lake Michigan. But we are blessed to have affiliates from across a number of states. We appreciate our affiliates and our listeners. Thank you all very, very much. Uh, guys, let's change gears a little bit. Um, just a, just a hair. I want to dive one last final time into this Bud Light topic, but just for a moment. Only because when I stand back now and we're able to look back at who said what, who did what, how we got to where we're at. Man, the one thing I keep looking to leadership for, and grassroots, by the way, to say stop with pointing at the problems. Tell me what your cure is. What's your solution to the problems? Because it feels like we're in a vacuum that's absent of anybody offering a solution. And so I looked at the billions of memes that were made about Bud Light. And I wonder, wait a minute. In fact, I think this came out of a, a text exchange, Miles, between you and I, when yep. I was talking about uh, the uh, United Nations ESG initiative targeting American companies. And you pointed out, that that company was not American, it was Belgian. Is that true? Yep. And so I, I got, listen, I, folks, I started using Google to find out who really owns the company. And, of course, it took me to Yahoo, because that's how Google rolls. I get Yahoo, which is far left, friend far left. I, and I'm okay with that, because what they did is they gave me a, snap, a, a snapshot of the stock portfolio of ownership of Budweiser. Anheuser-Busch, St. Louis. And you know who actually owns the lion's majority of the stock is folks that have 401ks. And then so most of the folks that were cheering on the destruction of Bud Light actually unwittingly own stock in the company. I'm going, brilliant, brilliant. How are you able to control your excitement for ripping apart your own stock portfolio? And that led me, in fact, just recently, an old friend Ludwig of yours and I, Jim Chiotto, Local guy, good guy, longtime patriot, was listening to that episode that we discussed this on and brought it back up on social media. The fact that we were talking about this different than anybody else was. Yep. And and between his comments and my text exchange with Miles, I, I paused, thinking there must be a solution that's opposite of ripping apart my 401k. And I thought, well, how come there's not some stock salesman? somebody that works for some stock company putting together an investment pool to do what ESG did. You want to you want to get control of Anheuser-Busch? You want to make a political point? Pool your money and buy a controlling share of Budweiser and tell them what they're going to do. Because that's what the United Nations ESGN initiative, um, ES, I'm sorry, ESG <laughs> initiative did. They literally pooled money. They had an impact on their portfolio, enough that they replaced people sitting on that board. And I thought, wait a minute, if I look at all the folks on social media that were bragging about not buying Bud Light and, and, and cheering with excitement for the destruction of the stock value, I thought, wait a minute, if every one of you folks put 20 bucks in a hat and passed it around, 20 bucks, we're talking millions upon millions of dollars suddenly. You want to steer Bud in a different direction? You don't like what Target did? You want to do something other than squawk on social media at one in the morning when your wife's asleep? 
I have an idea. Take control. Do something. Miles, am I in the weeds on this? Well, the, the only the only question I have yeah. is I don't want to know what the Bud Light employees do in their bedroom, and I don't want them to ask me what I do in my bedroom. I, I buy beer to drink beer, period. Right. I agree with that. And I'm not a big beer drinker. In fact, in the episode that our friend Jim Chiotto was talking about, I went on on the fact that I'm, listen, I drink Coors. Miles, as many times as you and I have had a lot of cocktails together. Oh, yeah. I bet you have not seen me drink five beers in my in my adult life with you. Right. And, I, and I'm not coming out against beer, folks. I just didn't care. But it did cause me to pause and say, is there another solution other than jumping up and down like angry penguins? Well, but, but and so to my, my question, though, is, yeah, the, the solution is be beer. If you're going to be beer, be beer. Don't worry about what I do in my bedroom. I agree with that part. Absolutely think it was a numbskull point for, for uh, Bud to take. Absolutely ridiculous. And then I pause and say, but why'd they do that? They got a hundred and some years of successful marketing, over-the-top successful marketing. How did they suddenly steer so quickly into the ditch? And everything that I researched drew me back to the United Nations ESG initiative that started in 1972. It ramped up in 2004. It's got a whiskey grip on those companies that touch our lives. Keeping in mind, that's their goal. They want to get a whiskey grip on the companies that touch our lives. They want to let us know who's in control. And that's exactly my point when I said, everybody put 20 bucks in a hat and buy up some stock and tell those folks who's in control. Destroying your own, your own 401k doesn't feel really rewarding in paying them back for them overstepping the line. And it was an overstatement. Miles, you've heard me say, don't get mad at your money. I've been saying that since the 70s. It's idiocy business to take an active role in politics. It's just dumb. And so I think, well, they're not dumb people. Why'd they do that? And they did that because the ESG made them do that. They control their stock portfolio, those companies that they're invested in. They control their own stock value at Anheuser-Busch, and they had enough power to tell them who they were going to hire, which answers you the question when you say, why would Bud hire that numbskull marketing person in the first place? It's because the United Nations directed them to. They got, at the time we were talking about 30 trillion, it's now well over 40 trillion in assets that they're using to march their way across Western culture in total. Folks, I didn't want to make the show about this. My only point is that there are things that we can do that are separate from feeling better on social media at one in the morning. Lud, go ahead. What are you saying? I'd be interested to see what, how much stock they're buying after these because it doesn't benefit them either to tank the stock and lose the sales. They don't care about that. So, well, It's not their money they're losing. They don't care. By the way, I'm, I'm glad you it, brought that yeah, up. But One quick insert while you're on that point. You look at who funds the United Nations. We do. Just saying. So what my point though is that is if it's they get people to boycott stock falls, <clears throat> we're we're on a selling trend because our stock's falling. 
How much of, do they come in and buy at that point? Because then we're talking about manipulation of stock prices, which is actually a federal crime. Oh, that'd be shocking to have somebody flag them on that. And on your point, the stock for Budweiser is already on its way back uphill. And I want to know how much they bought between then and now. I don't know. How much should you have bought? Because anybody could have went and looked, wait a minute. There's no question that Budweiser is not going to go out of business. That's just not going to happen. No. So when you when they're when they're now you get into pontification and guessing and you know putting your putting your tinfoil hat on what's the lowest point that's where you're buying. I'm only saying that there are other answers other than these things that actually affect our own wallets. That's my only point with 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 that. So I don't know if I'm all wet or not. It's my opinion. Are we going to need a new Senate uh, Minority Leader soon, Miles Bauer? Um, looks like it. I, I agreed w with your point yesterday. He may have had a, a mini stroke. I think he did. And by the way, that what, I, what I've read as a result of that is just a couple of weeks ago, he fell down at a face plant. Yeah. Now, now, and I, of course, I, I'm being rhetorical here. I said, he's only 81. Maybe he should run for president. Right. I mean, we got a collection of the oldest people we could find I wish we'd have sitting at the helm. A new leader anyways. I'm it's, sorry? I wish we'd have found a new leader at the last election anyways. Is it, is it John Hewn? We're almost out of time before the break. John Thune. Yeah. Um, we're down to 10 seconds, Miles, but is that a thumbs up or a thumbs down for John Thune as the replacement for, for uh, McConnell? I think I'd have to do homework. Oh, yeah. I, Cruz. <laughs> the, the left would love him. Listen, folks, we've got to go to a break, but we will be right back. You're a cruiser. <laughs> <laughs> Just for funsies, let's do it the way we used to do it. So back in the day, folks, for those folks that have been listening to the show for a few years, we used to do, uh, in fact, we did it weekly then. We should go, want to go back to doing it weekly? Yeah. Everybody's going, yeah, yeah, yeah. So here it is, folks. We used to do, and are going to do again today, what we call our Ludwig's Screwball of the Week Award. <clears throat> so we each nominate somebody, and then the three of us will vote to see which of those three nominees are are uh, the biggest screwball? And and folks, there's a lot of candidates out there. You go, you just take a breeze through the news with that hat on. Say, I'm trying to find a, a list of screwballs. Holy smokes, there's a bunch of them. Yowzers! I can tell you though, I started today's episode with my nominee, and that is uh, Kamala Harris is my nominee for the screwball of the week award. And Ludwig, what do you? What was that facial expression about? You might have taken mine. I, you could do the same one Miles is going to do. <laughs> uh, no, go ahead. Tell us why you want her. <laughs> Listen, I, I think the comments that she made, and she, she offers herself often as a Screwball Award of the Week candidate, but the, com, the comments that she offered on uh, Florida with that racist statement her statement on racism was such buffoonery and so self-serving, so shallow, it was it, it can only rise to the level. To me, it makes her a screwball. And I, th I personally think that she wins. But what say you? Well, I'm going to go with uh, Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel then. 
That's a good choice. Why do you think that she deserves to be screwball of the week? Um, trying to charge the fake electors in the 2020 election. That she's are, not trying to. She did it. Or she's going to charge them. I guess convict them. Try to convict them. She's going to try to convict. <clears throat> I, why would why, why she need to do that? The Detroit News has already convicted them. No due process for the media. No, the media is. You're guilty. Court. We said so. That's the end of that song. Yeah. Next, because they only do five to seven day news cycles. But I think she should be nominated. You think so? She's your nominee? Yep. <laughs> Miles Bauer, who is your nominee for Screwball of the, of the uh, Week Award? So I am tempted to go with the prosecutors from the Department of Justice and Hunter's attorneys. Right. Not being on the same page of a plea deal. Right. But... It is not a crime against humanity to go see the Barbie movie. <laughs> but then when you post it to fake book. <laughs> now, Lud, Lud has got this one in the bag. Tell him, no, Ludwig, defend yourself. Tell the world what it is that he's talking about. So we went <laughs> and saw Sound of Freedom last week. We do believe in due process. And right yeah. now... Right now, you are... I feel like I'm the winner and I'm defending myself. You are providing testimony in defense. uh, We went and saw Sound of Freedom last week with Jim Caviezel, which is amazing. It's about uh, child sex trafficking. You only say that to try to lessen the impact of doing the next (laughs) thing. Yeah. The reason I got to tell you that is because we buy an unlimited movie pass every month. And you can go and see movies whenever you want. We got the popcorn bucket. So it's... it's, And we were just driving home from my brother being out of town and hanging out with him for a bit. And I'm like, hey, let's just see what's playing right now. And what does go now, just on a whim? And it was Sound of Freedom or Barbie. Well, I'd already seen Sound of Freedom. So I thought, you know what? Let me go see what all the hype is. And also- Is this just you and your wife? No, 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 yeah. love, though. Love. I, I, I remember, I start up. it's not a crime to go see Barbie. Just not put it on, why are you tell us? Why are you posting it on Facebook, dude? Because I wanted to get this exact reaction out of people. You got it. So, <laughs> and listen, listen, Miles, earlier in the show, I mentioned Jim Chiodo. Longtime friend of both of ours. I haven't heard from Jim in a few years. Yeah. He was so moved <laughs> by, by Ludwig bragging that he went to see Little Barbie. And I thought, I hope his little buddy don't hear that he went to see. By the way, speaking of Little Barbie, was there a little Gretsch somewhere in the audience watching? Might have there been. There you go. I, listen, I, and nice. I didn't know until right now. I Folks, I'm being honest with you for a second. We pick on, we tease him. A little bit, Ludwig. But until just now, I assumed you took your children there. I did not know that this was a date with you and your wife. Yeah, there was nothing else playing. I would have, I would have chosen one of the empty theaters to sit in. Well, listen, I, I also, as we walked in, said I'm gonna do some show research because then, let's see how bad this movie really is. First of all, the storyline is horrendous. Yeah. There's a few funny parts because Will Ferrell's in. You're it. the funny part in the movie. I'm just telling you. Maybe the theater. Um, the, the 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 indoctrination or the I am woman hear me roar and man is bad is unreal how awful it is in this movie. All right, to the point where my wife goes, "You're going to keep nudging me every time it does something." I'm like, maybe. Yeah, I'm I'm at the point where the judge says to tell the to just sit down. Dana Nessel wins. Miles, who do you vote for, sir? I I uh, vote vote for Lud. I I'm I'm with you on that. You. You are, <laughs> you are the winner. That's fine. I like to win. Well, think about this. Ludwig wins the Ludwig Screwball of the Week award. I believe when we started this probably seven years ago, yep. I won the initial inaugural one. I might as well win the comeback one. Seriously? Yeah. Did you do something that dumb that time? Apparently. It's about the Titanic, I think. Oh, that was fun. 
That's when I was trying to figure out what was going on with this, the uh, Flint City Council. You didn't tell me where we were going. You just said what, flunked the, what, what sunk the Titanic <laughs> iceberg. Well, no, what or, sunk it was a lack no, of communication. No, I told you, you said, we were talking about Flint City Council, and then we went on, and you're like, what sunk the, uh, the Titanic? I thought, oh, Flint City Council. So the Flint City Council sunk the... Uh, That's what we were going to talk about, so I thought you were trying to get me to say that. Oh, my goodness gracious, Miles Bauer. He, he's a lot of work. So do I get like a gift card with this award? or You already got it. I bought the meal. That's true. All right. Oh, so, you knew, so this was this was rigged? You gave me my award before it was... This let, is rigged. Let, let me just tell you this. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, Lud. I, I put this on in text. He did. Both you and Mike. He did. He, he said right up front he was going to nominate you. And who knew that you'd carry the day? Right. Uh, when a grown man, a professor of economics... Take, oh, my goodness gracious. Hey, the good news is I finally beat two Democrats in Michigan. You did? Yeah, you, you won an election. Yes. Hot dog. <laughs> Honda to stop making gasoline-powered lawnmowers this September. And then I asked, forget that part for a minute. I say, is California the dog and the rest of the 49 states are the tail? Because you know the old thing, whatever happens in California, the rest of the country ends up doing so I'm reminded of when I went to a class out there in 84 and I showed up with a, a double-breasted suit, wingtip shoes, white shirt, red tie, Ronald Reagan uniform, I might add. And they're all laughing. You must be from the East Coast. No, I'm from Michigan. See? East Coast. But when, I, <laughs> when I'm reading this story, Ludwig, this was your story. Tell us about it. So Honda Mowers is going to – their division is done producing mowers as of September – all batteries. Of this year. All gas powered. I know, but they're going to be all battery. Honda's not doing any They're just getting mowers. out of the lawnmower business. They're getting out of the mower business because okay. the, the California law that says you can no longer sell lawn equipment that's gas powered. And Honda said the technology isn't there. We are not getting in this game. We right. make great. In fact, and I know for a fact because I've had a few, and my dad's had them and everybody else. Honda's the best engine for a lawnmower by far. But what I'm getting out of what you just said, tell me if I'm wrong, Honda isn't producing any more gas-powered engines for California. No. But they're going to keep producing no. it worldwide. Done for the United States. Just for the United States. As far as I know, it's the United so States. We're all, so we're all, we're all stuck with the decisions that the screwballs... Even though 49 states will sell them. Yeah. Now, here's something funny about the Barbie movie. They talk about having to go to the country of California. Yep. And on the map, it says United States and the California. And I'm like, man, that is exactly goes along this. What California does, the rest of the country does. That is true. We have to because they're it's, the it's fifth largest economy that, in the world. It's a good thing that you went to see the Barbie movie Told with you. your wife. Show research. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. You, do you guys think the entire country follows California? Yes. Or do you I, think California, Illinois, and New York just stay in line? I, I, to your point, though, Miles, I think those those states certainly do seem to swim in the same cesspool. They're each within the region. East Coast, West Coast, Midwest. Yeah, yeah but, but the, ideologically. Yeah. They're not that far removed. No, no, as I'm saying, though, like they, they're, they they're all, regions. They're all, they all like the hybrid of communist version of capitalism. But Lowe's? Where right. you can own the business, but we control it as the The big government. box stores are going to start getting rid of gas engines. They're already moving away from it. If you go to buy a gas engine lawnmower at a big box store, yeah. there's two or three options, and then in the back corner, everything else is electric. And that's all because of California. Here's the fun part, though. I, By the way, folks, I'm one of those people who says all of it. I want gas, I want coal, I want... Everything that you can pass, I need all of the above. I want choices. I want all of the above. But there, 
to the to the point that Honda's making, the electric just isn't there. And on cars, by the way, I'll get I'll get hate mail on this, but the electric cars are absolutely economic or not. They're environmental disasters. The science isn't there, and I maintain we're going to end up with hydrogen before this is done. Toyota, Honda, the the what's left of the big three in the United Ford, States. Ford, used to have Ford, one. Ford. They're all steering that way. They're just doing it behind. I don't want to say behind the curtain, but they're doing it trying not to grab a, a whole bunch of light. So that's that's all I'm saying to you. Um, yep. So with that, listen, Lud Miles, Lud, thanks for winning again. Always. Folks, be safe. We appreciate you very much. Have a great, great week. We'll see you next week.